Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We've come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Why don't you pick on someone your own size? There's a bus in the parking lot. Uh, welcome back to Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Uh, we're excited to come back to this. And welcome back, Laura Prince. Hello. Uh, all right, let's. Th- we've got a lot of ground to cover, so uh, let's just pour one out. Yeah, let's pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? Uh, I have... Millie's beer. All right. Because uh, Millie's going to try a beer in this round of episodes. And I am going to open it and then just leave it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Not drink it. Yeah. Millie style. Perfect. Uh, I have Killing Bill. Wait, I am going to make a big production of having it, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Look, I have a beer. I see. All right. Goodbye. I have Killing Bill. Uh, turns out Killing Bill's a piece of cake, so I put an entire piece of ice cream cake in a blender, mixed it with some almond milk, and some peanut butter whiskey, because a peanut butter, or a peanut, could kill Bill. And, uh, it's a delicious milkshake. Yeah, it's, it's literally a milkshake. Like, those are... Mm-hmm. Uh, my birthday was recently, and we had ice cream cake, so yes. it's just... Still some ice cream cake. So we are going to be doing episode 13, 14, and 15 of Freaks and Geeks. And then we will finish Freaks and Geeks next week. So this is easily going to be our longest show. But we got so much to freaking say. Yes. And we, we had to break also, it up this way. admittedly, had to do a few interruptions. Yes. Thank you for bearing with us through some interruptions and uh, mixing it up. I've gotten nothing but good reactions to, the, to splitting up a bigger show. Yeah, this, I think this is the first time, this is only the second time we've had a show go past two episodes. Yes. Uh, the other one being Kid Nation. Yes. Which went three recap episodes and one interview. Yes. Uh, this one being, I believe this will be five by the time we are done. Uh, I believe so. Five, maybe even six. I believe this will be five. I think. Okay. Um, so let's just jump right in. Yeah, let's jump into episode three. 13. This was the last episode that was aired before it was announced the show was canceled. All right, so there was still hope when this show, when this episode was on the air. Yes, uh, it, it was announced that it was canceled shortly after this. So uh, we like to split it up by Freaks and Geeks. Who would you like to start with, Lara? Uh, let's start with the Freaks. All right. Uh, Nick really wants weed. Yes. And I would like to point out, this is the first time, like, weed or, like, the actual drug is mentioned. Yes. Like, they mention getting high or being stoned. Yes. But this is the first time they're like, weed, the product that gets us high. Marijuana. So, Nick's dealer is currently out of weed, and Nick is freaking out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lindsay is with her family later that night watching Charlie's Angels, And they have a very normal family conversation in which uh, they tell Lindsay that the Johnsons, a local family, want her to babysit. Yes. And she doesn't want to, but she's going to. 
So she's planning to go babysit, even though she really doesn't want to. And uh, so that's the other important part. We had to mention it because it's an important part of the plot. Yes. So we get back to school the next day. Nick is desperate. He is looking for weed. And he accuses of Daniel holding out on him. Yeah. Come on, man. Give me some. Jeez. It's it's almost like Nick's a different person when because of drugs. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think drugs are bad based on what I'm seeing. And then Daniel says he's gonna get rid of the weed he has because Nick's behavior is freaking him out. Yes. And then Ken uh, offers to very kindly relieve Nick of the weed. Or, excuse me, relieve Daniel of the weed. Yeah, he's just going to take it. This is so out of character for Daniel. Yes. To just be like, I have weed. I'm going to throw it away because it's bad, man. Yeah. Not, man, I bet I could make 20 bucks easy off of this. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that she does that. Like, I want to point out that Daniel is the person in, what, the second episode that collects money for the keg and everyone's kind of just like, he took some of the money. Yes. Everyone just accepts that as a truth. So he would not throw away good marijuana. Correct. Uh, But they get caught by Rosso, who who confiscates it. Mm Mm-hmm. Through this episode, Lindsay is more or less acting like Nick's emotional support animal. Yes. Which is odd because they've broken up. And they haven't really figured out how to keep them friends. Yeah. Because last we saw, she was friends and he was like, this really sucks. Yeah. He was pining after her still. Uh, Nick cuts class and goes and plays basketball in the park and Lindsay joins him also cutting class. Yeah, it kind of... And we of... actually get this great scene where they're actually having fun. Yeah. It it really shows that you don't need drugs to have a good time. You just need fresh air and a basketball and a good friend. Nothing could possibly mess this up. The Friendship dealer shows is awesome. Up. <laughs> the dealer shows up with pot. Nick immediately drops Lindsay like a hot potato to get marijuana. And then invites her to go smoke with him. Yeah, he's like, basketball's over. I have drugs now. And then uh, he invites her to come with him, because I guess he's a gentleman. And she doesn't smoke. Right. And then Nick kind of just manipulates her in the way that we've seen Lindsay be manipulated so much. She's like barely better than Marty McFly. Like, all you have to do is call her a chicken, essentially. Uh, First off, you're not going to talk poorly about Marty McFly in this household. Uh, (laughs) That's not... That's not a thing that will happen. Uh, and secondly, yes, she's man- manipulated in this this uh, moment. But I don't know what the manipulation is. Because basically what he ends up doing is he's like, I don't... Or Lindsay's trying to say that, like, you, you're addicted to weed. That isn't even happening yet. We're not even that... Like, that doesn't happen until they get to the house. Oh, oh, we're, we're still at the, okay. We're still at the park. She doesn't want to even go with him and doesn't want him to smoke weed. And he's pretty much just like, oh, what are you scared of? It's fun, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, okay. Mm-hmm. And then they get to her house and he's laying on the couch listening to Fat Bottom Girls by Queen eating chips. Yes. And she's just sitting there looking disgusted. Yeah, she's, she's over it. She's just sitting there 
over it. And then uh, Nick kind of picks a fight with her about how she's such a goody two-shoes and she yeah. doesn't have any life experiences and how she's boring. Yeah, there's this kind of element of like... The fact that she's not doing it makes him feel like she's superior to him because she doesn't need it. Yes. So, and that's that's pretty much the beginning of this. He's just kind of coming down on her for being too much of a goody two-shoes. Yeah, and he ends up throwing the bag of weed at her to prove... That he doesn't need it. That he doesn't need it. He's not addicted. Yeah. It's like, fine, you take it. See, I'm fine. Which is counter to everything that we've been shown prior in this episode. Like, this isn't true. We've seen how he addicted and how much he needs weed. So, like, for him to then just give the weed away to prove a point to Lindsay is a really confusing message. Yes. So, we have that, and then we do have a cutaway of... uh, Rosso brings his friend Frank to school and Rosso kind of parades around his like drug-addled friend in front of Ken and Daniel to scare them straight. It's a previous student. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel actually was legitimately trying to get rid of the weed. Yeah. And so Rosso's like, I'm going to give you the chance. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm Mm-hmm. So Rosso occasionally does have these moments of, like, being sort of a cool authority figure. Yeah. So we cut back to Lindy in her bedroom. And she has the weed. She sniffs it. Uh, she tries to roll a doobie. Yeah. Um, she smokes. She ends up smoking a doobie, so she successfully rolls something. Yeah. And she forgets that she's supposed to be babysitting. Yeah. So she's like, I I have to do homework. And they're like, you have to get to the Johnsons. So Lindsay... Oh, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're missing my favorite part of this. Okay. Is the dad being like, you have to get over there. And she's like freaking out by the window. Well, dad, I have to cancel. I have a lot of homework to do. Lindsay, you're not canceling on him. Now do your homework over there. You, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired. I have woman problems. I don't want to hear about it. Just get over there. Oh, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But like, I don't care. Get over there. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I get over there, but also speak no more to me. Yes. <laughs> so then, Lindsay begs Millie for help, and Millie says, in her infinite wisdom, "You're high." What? You're on the pot. You're on the pot. You're on the pot. <laughs> Millie continues to be the greatest character. The, in the best show. character in the show. She's she's great in this episode. Um, so Millie and uh, Lindsay show up to the Johnsons. The Johnsons kind of run them through all the standard issue early '80s babysitting protocol. Here's the phone number where we'll be. Mm-hmm. Here's the phone number for all. And they're a little paranoid. Yeah, here's poison control. Yeah, stuff like that. All that stuff. And then I have a laugh because they talk about the junk food drawer and how the child is allowed to have one junk food. And I crack them like, you just told you're a high babysitter where the junk food is. Yeah, there will be none left. So 
Millie is fine and handling the child while Lindsay panics in the bathroom, high mm. and paranoid. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like, the typical, like, weed is bad dialogue of, like, Lindsay saying, like, when is this going to end? I didn't think it would be like this. Oh, I love there is a moment where she is. Oh, I love it so much. She is in the parents' bedroom having grabbed an encyclopedia. And she looks up marijuana. (laughs) And it's the most relatable thing I've ever seen in my life. Because she's like a smart overachiever. So she like tries to find a book that will tell her how long she's going to be high yeah. for. This is the 80s equivalent on of going on to Google and searching high on marijuana forever question mark. So the little kid finds her in a game of tag, tags her as it. Lindsay melts down. Yeah, she's like, no, I can't be it. I can't. I can't do this right now. I can't. So Millie puts the kid to bed. And again, the show still has that day to night problem. Of, like, she's putting the kid to bed at what looks like 4 p.m. Millie is going to take care of Lindsay, and the rest of the Millie and Lindsay storyline takes place in the family's living room. Let me tell you about my favorite scene, perhaps in this whole show. Yeah, Lindsay wonders how Nick can do this all the time. Mm-hmm. And then she becomes a high philosopher. Yes. Where... She's like, what if all of this is a dream? What if all this is a dream? And it's not even our dream. It's that dog's dream. Maybe we're just existing in his mind. And all of a sudden he'll wake up to go drink out of the toilet and we'll be gone. What would happen to us if that dog wakes up? It'll be over. And it's it's like a hound dog. It's a droopy dog. Yeah, he's a basset. A basset hound who is just <laughs> asleep on a chair. Like, oh my God, if that dog wakes up, we might all just be gone. Like, we might be done, man. And Millie's like, well, I'm going to wake it up. <laughs> and Lindsay's like, no, don't. I don't want you to do that. And then wakes the dog up. This very in a very sweet moment, like Millie just lovingly rouses the dog by petting his little head. Mm-hmm. So the dog suffers no moment, and he's just like, "Oh, person, no, Hello. I'm getting scratches." It would bring me so much joy if this is how they ended the series. <laughs> if Millie's like, "I'm gonna wake this dog up," and the moment she touches the dog, it just cut to credits. Oh my god! So. Millie puts on some music as Lindsay eats Fruit Loops with the dog in her lap. And Lindsay says, I love you, Millie. Why aren't we friends anymore? Yes. We have to talk about this because the episode where Millie is asking, why aren't we friends anymore, is not the previous episode. It is episode... Eleven, maybe? Yes, the ep- episode 11. So, they established this thing in episode 11 where that's where, like, Lindsay's going to be smart again. Yeah. And there's this, like, moment where she's at a sleepover and she explains to Millie that 
Like, they're always going to be friends. Yeah. Then an episode goes by where they go to Thunderdome. Yes. And then this episode happens, and then Lindsay asks Millie, why aren't we friends anymore? Yeah. She was explaining to Millie that they were still friends two episodes ago. Yes. What is she, high? Oh, all right. And so... Uh, Millie says, we are friends, and Lindsay says, but we're not. And then Millie openly pities Lindsay, because they have a conversation about religion mm. where Lindsay's miserable because she doesn't believe in God, and Millie's faith is where she re- finds happiness and strength. So Millie, at this point, is openly pitying Lindsay, because she's like, tomorrow you're going to sober up and go back to being unhappy. Yeah, and we're never going to play shoes and socks, because you don't have a Bible. Anyway, <laughs> not, you can't even like <laughs> give me some sort of reaction to that joke. So the storyline ends. Guys, can you hear me? Am I a ghost? Am I high? Am so I this, the dream of a dog? The storyline ends with Jean coming in as Lindsay sleeps and Lindsay says she's never babysitting again. Jean asks no follow-up questions and just accepts that. So let's go back to the geeks, because the geeks have the heavier storyline here. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to say, to wrap this up. Okay. I'm giving this entire geek storyline, even though I just freaked out, Yeah. a pass, because this is clearly the after-school special episode Absolutely. of Freaks and Geeks, where it's like, all right, we've talked about marijuana. We now have to, legally, pretty much, show the horrors of marijuana. Because we mentioned it in our show. And this episode actually legitimately still is shown in schools at some times uh, as a very realistic. Because it's not reefer madness. Like, Lindsay doesn't, like, die horribly. But she has a bad time. Yeah, I mean... In a very realistic way. I mean, it still reeks of after-school special, but is a much better one than most of them are. Yes, so uh, credit where credit's due, even though I yelled a lot already. Now so, let's talk about some geeks. Uh, the geek storyline is uh, Bill and Bill, Sam and Neil being bullied, and they are sitting in uh, Miss Foote's class, a beautiful social studies teacher. We see Maureen. Maureen still exists. Yeah, Maureen shows up. And I was like, oh, I liked the whole idea that you just never saw her again to kind of show, like, she has vanished. But no, Maureen's back. How weird. And then we established that Bill has a lot of allergies, Neil has psoriasis, and Sam faints at the sight of blood. Like, that's just said out loud in class for some reason. And... Bill is sad because he feels like a geek for having these allergies. And Miss Foote tells him he isn't a geek. And he goes, tell that to the rest of the world. So Bill wants to go to a sci-fi convention with Neil and Sam. But Maureen and Vicky have invited Neil and Sam to a cheerleading competition. Let's talk about how baffling this is. (laughs) One, he's over Cindy now. Yeah. He's just over her. Like, we, we did the whole thing about her having a boyfriend and Sam hating the boyfriend, but that's no longer relevant to this part of the plot. Two, Maureen is back and comfortable with just picking Sam, basically. Yeah. Uh, Bill's name came out of the hat. 
Legally, Bill owns her. Yeah, according but he, to he this. spit on it and cheated. Yeah. But now Bill's into Miss Foot. Yes. And Neil is with, or, or kind of like romantically flirting, with Vicky, the cheerleader. Yes. Who beat the holy hell out of him when he was a bad mascot. Yes, yes he did. How is this possibly a thing? Uh, I don't know. Neither does the rest of the show. So, uh, they suggest that Bill ask Gordon to go with him. And Gordon is in. Yeah, Gordon comes up and he's like, I don't like sci-fi. I love, love it. Should your mom drive or should mine? Hey, me, my mom should drive? Because she puts all my makeup on in the parking lot before I go in. Yeah, so they're, they're going to go. While Neil and Sam go watch a high school freshman cheerleading competition. Which sounds incredibly boring. True. So. Who's the mascot now? I, I don't know. Probably Shia LaBeouf got better. <laughs> is his arm healed? Yeah. All right. So. Bill then is trying to beg off the sci-fi convention because he has to help his parents at home. And while this is happening, uh, while he's distracted talking to Gordon, who's sitting at another table, not with them as he often does. Yeah. Sam and Neil are talking to the girls. Right. So their table is unattended for a few minutes. And Alan, the bully for the geeks, squints from the sandlot, Puts peanuts in his sandwich, yeah. which we've established multiple times that he is allergic to. Yes. And he thinks that Bill is lying about yes. this. And he's just like, all right, how about I poison him? <laughs> It'll gonna, be funny. I'm going to prove he's overreacting. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bill then goes back to his... Uh, Table takes a bite out of the contaminated sandwich, realizes it's crunchy, and visibly begins to panic. Yeah, and Alan yells, what happens now? Do we call an ambulance? And Bill just says, yeah. And then we cut to him being, like, stretchered out. As Miss Foot tries to comfort him. Yeah, with an oxygen mask on. (laughs) Uh, Then Bill's unexpectedly attractive mom is waiting. And you see Neil and Sam rush in uh, with Jean, yeah. Sam's mother. So we see them come in and the kids are coping po- like poorly. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, if Bill dies, he's going to be our, our ghost friend. He's going to hang out with us and we're going to all be ghosts and he's going to do fun ghost things with us. Uh, Gloria is sobbing hysterically, as one will do. Well, the boys do a great thing. This is, like, very true-to-life writing to me. Yeah. they kind of make these jokes about Bill being their friendly ghost like Casper, and then they realize, like, the seriousness of the situation. They just both break down. Yeah. It's it's very well done. Well, they, they have a moment of, but it's not going to be like that, is it? Mm-hmm. And it's just this, like, very dark, sad little moment. So, uh, Alan's dad drags him in, furious, and forces Alan to apologize to Gloria, uh, Bill's mother, and also wants to talk to Bill and apologize to Bill. And then Gloria gives him a dressing down 
that he 100% deserves. Yeah, this is attempted murder? Yes. <laughs> so, like, the, the argument is, it's not, it's not, I didn't know. No. It's, he said eating peanuts would kill him. Like, and Bill's I words are, if I eat a peanut, I could die. Mm-hmm. And Alan wanted to test that. Yeah. Like, that that's like, I wanted to see if my gun was loaded. So I pointed it at someone and pulled the trigger. Yeah. Like, this is a crime. Yes. I agree. This is no bueno. So, Alan sneaks into Bill's hospital room while Gloria's distracted. Bill is unconscious and hooked up to machines. I also- and then Alan's immediate reaction is, are you still fake? Are, are you awake? Are you faking? Yeah. I, my immediate thought is that he's going to beat up Bill. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, oh no. Alan's going to go finish the job. So, he also then, like, kind of victim blames? Like, he kind of blames uh, Bill for being such a dweeb. Yeah, like, first off, he restates his thesis of, I didn't think you were going to die. I just wanted to see what would happen. It's like, no, then you knew. And then he explains this thing of, like, he thinks Bill and Neil and and Sam are cool because he likes comic books, too. But they never ask him to do anything, so he's mean to them. Yeah. And, like, it's a weird thing I do kind of understand because I remember when I was in high school, I wasn't the most popular. What? But I had three friends that were, were like, really close. And the more popular kids were a bit jealous of the fact that we had a tight-knit group. Even if we weren't a popular one. So I kind of get it. Uh, And Bill does not respond because he's unconscious. Correct. And then Alan also just begs him not to die. Because I guess Alan also realizes if he dies, Alan's going to go to jail. Um... So Sam and Neil are waiting outside the room and Vicky and Maureen run in. Yeah. And throw their arms around the boys and console them and like they're all over the boys. Yeah. And they kind of give each other a look of like, well, this part isn't bad. Well, all right. Yeah. And then we get a scene between Gloria and Jean. That is a really interesting scene. Yeah. Gloria blames herself for Bill's issues. And saying, like, you know, I didn't do enough to when I was pregnant with Bill to take care of him. Mm-hmm. And Jean consoles her by saying, we didn't know back then. I paid no mind to nutrition when I was pregnant with Sam. Mm-hmm. And Gloria's like, no, I popped pills and drank. Yeah. And then Jean admits to dropping Sam as a baby, causing a hairline fracture on his skull. Yeah. So, is the message here... That all the geeks are damaged? That geek children are biologically damaged? 
by either fetal alcohol system or gravity? It's like, what, what is the messaging here? I mean, I think the messaging could be intended as um, everyone's doing their best and no parent is perfect. I think that might have been like maybe the attempt, but it really does just kind of have weirdly unfortunate implications. Yeah. Uh, so next time we see Bill, he's okay. Yeah. He, the boys are allowed to go in and see him and Bill offers to let them pretend he's still dying if it helps them with the girls. Yeah. Which is like. That's a, that's a true bro move right there. But the boys are like, we're not going to the cheerleading competition. We're going to go to the sci-fi convention with you. Mm -hmm. We always were, which is a lie. Yeah, which is a Um, lie. It's because he almost died. And then. Alan's dad drags him back in to apologize to Bill. And Alan tries. And Bill tells Alan he heard the whole thing Alan said. First, Alan's a dick again. Yes. (laughs) And then Bill's like, I wasn't that unconscious when you apologized. So he was kind of faking. Um, He was! He's a faker! (laughs) Let's feed him more peanuts to prove it. So, uh, then Alan, or Bill invites Alan to the sci-fi convention, says, we're all meeting at Sam's at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah. And Bill asks him not to do it again, which is reasonable. Yeah, please don't attempt to kill me again. Uh, Miss Foote shows up. Yes, and we've not mentioned who Miss Foote is. Yes, we have. We mentioned her at the beginning. The Miss- actress. Oh, Okay. Because this is Jed Apatow's wife. Yes. That, uh, her Leslie name, Mann. Leslie Mann, yes. And yes, she and Judd Apatow had already been married for two years at this point. Okay, I wasn't sure. That's what I wanted to ask. Yep, I knew you would, so I'd already looked it up. So, she visits and is massively inappropriate. Yeah. And, like, I'm guessing... It's supposed to be Bill kind of getting a win because he has a thing for this teacher. But no, (laughs) this is kind of weird and gross. It's just not really a win. Yeah. Because he's not actually going to get the teacher. No, this isn't Riverdale. And that that is such a problematic storyline in Riverdale. That's another complaint for another day. Um, That's my one per episode. So, uh, Alan shows up to Sam's house, but hides kind of behind some shrubbery and sees that, like, Bill is Tom Baker, Doctor Who, Sam's Obi-Wan Kenobi, Neil is Yoda in full green makeup, Mm -hmm. and Gordon's going to show up as a Jedi, but his costume's in his bag because he's not a dork like these guys. Yeah, he's going to change in the parking lot. (laughs) Not inside. Very clearly, he's going to change outside. And then uh, Alan can't go through with it. Yeah, Alan's just like, these dorks I can't. And rides away on his bike. Which I think really undermines things. Yeah. Because, like, I would understand if, like, through this moment, like, Alan grows as a character. And, like, he really did, he really was jealous of this friend group. And now he's part of it, and now he's happy. But the fact that he's like, nah, freaking dorks, and then he goes away, kind of just means everything was a lie. 
Yeah. And he's a murderer. I think it's also very hard of, if he is suddenly friends with these people, what about his existing group of jerks? Like, what does he then do? Yeah. Like, how does he then deal with that? (sighs) Yeah. So. It's just, I'm just annoyed by that ending. Episode 14. Episode 14. One quick thing I do want to say before we move on. Notice that none of this had anything to do with Neil's dad. Yes. Which was the cliffhanger of the previous episode. Also the previous episode of Stay Doomed. Was that Neil found out that his dad was cheating. That is not mentioned at all. Now, let's go to episode 14. Uh, this episode did not air on NBC. This episode did not air until it aired on Fox Family. Okay. Um, let's do... Uh, dead Dogs or Gym Teachers? Which one do you want to do first? Uh, dead Dead Dogs. So, Lindsay is begging to see The Who. The Who? And uh, Harold and Jean decide that they're going to listen to the record and decide if Lindsay can go. Yeah, and they're going to listen to it backwards, because that's where the secret messages are. Shouldn't she have literally zero privileges right now? Like, she should not be able to go to a concert. I mean, all she did was cheat on a test, wreck a car that she stole, lie about rejoining the mathletes, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Wreck the car. Wreck her car, egg her brother. Yeah, like, she doesn't really have rights right now. Yeah, but she wants to see the who. Yeah, so they're like, okay, well, maybe, because she doesn't have any real consequences. No. For whatever reason. So, uh, we hear over the song I'm Free from Tommy, the uh, freaks planning to go to the who concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick plays guitar now. Badly, as Ken yeah. points out. Yeah, because it's hard to bring drums to school, but we want to establish that Nick is still a musician. So now he plays the guitar. And then we see Kim and Lindsay talking about music, Kim mentioning wanting Supernatural. A really just normal friend moment for Kim and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And then Kim Kim is driving and hit something in her car, but claims they didn't. Yes. Like, yeah, it was probably nothing. Maybe it was a squirrel. Yeah. The next day, uh, Lindsay is alarmed to find Millie in the school office in tears. Her dog, Goliath, has died in a hit and run. Yes. So we know what has happened because we can put it together. Right. And then Lindsay hugs Millie and consoles her. And as Millie goes like, the maniac didn't even stop. Who would do that? Linda Cardellini works overtime. Yes. Her eyes tell all of the story. And then Kim feels horrible. Uh, Because Kim loves dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see Millie sitting alone at lunch. Which again, I don't know if you've ever been to a high school lunch table. It is very rigid. You don't just go sit with other... Like, Millie wouldn't just be sitting alone. Yeah. The other mathletes who we've established exist. That she sits with and makes jokes about her calculator with. And... Uh... This was originally a much longer scene. To Ken like invites Millie to sit at the freak table and Daniel tells her she should get her aggression out. So Millie just starts stabbing a potato. 
<laughs> so like the freaks more convincingly adopt Millie Aww, in that, the original. That would have been fun to see. And Kim talks about her dead dog, Bobo. Yeah. And Millie invites Kim and Lindy to Goliath's funeral. Yes. Kim is crying. Mm -hmm. Lindsay's bewildered. And Lindsay can't think of anything to say. Yeah. After Millie eulogizes the dog. And the dog, I want to point out, was 16 years old. Yes. Which is pretty old for a dog. Really old for a dog. So Lindsay doesn't know what to say. We established that the dog was 16 years old. But I'm sorry. I can come up with stories about my best friend's dogs from childhood. Yeah. Like... (laughs) The dog was 16 years old. So were Millie and Lindsay. Lindsay has probably known this dog longer than she hasn't. Even if the Weirs did not always live in this house. Yeah. So, like, you really couldn't think of anything? He liked having his ears scratched or something? Um, Kim and Millie go to the record store. Millie's going to go to the Who, because her mom's letting her do whatever she wants right now. Yeah. And Kim tells Millie to wear her big coat. Mm-hmm. And the actress playing Millie, bless her heart, didn't know why that line was there. <laughs> um, why is that line there, Laura? So they can shoplift. Right. <laughs> so we get the parents listening to the song Squeezebox. Mm-hmm. And Harold thinks it's about sex. And Jean thinks it's about the accordion. The accordion, yes. And then Kim and Lindsay have a big fight about Millie. In which Lindsay pretty much kind of... Wants to defend Millie against the freaks of not letting her fall in with them. She doesn't want them to, her to fall in with a bad crowd. And mm-hmm. Kim accuses Lindsay of wanting to have Millie as a safety to run back to when the freaks are being annoying. Yeah. You have now hit the problem of this entire episode is the whole motivation of Lindsay is... But Millie's such a good girl. Yeah. She shouldn't be hanging around with these freaks. She's a mathlete. She could probably get a scholarship to college. It would be so damaging for her if she fell in with this group of people. You know, the exact thing she did. Yeah. And like, this parallel is so obvious that I am positive that this is the twist. Yeah. That eventually... Like, Millie is going to show up almost wearing the exact same thing as Lindsay. And there's going to be, like, this weird looking through a mirror, looking through a window moment. Yeah, like, And she's going to recognize, like, oh, this is what everyone is saying to me. Yeah, like, she's going to show up in, like, a different color army jacket. Lindsay manages to use Millie as leverage to go to the concert. Yeah, since Millie's going. No, Lindsay says, like, Millie's going, and I want to keep an eye on her. She's, you know, Millie's not very worldly. I've got to help her. And I have a note here. I was Millie. I was (laughs) totally the... I'm Millie. I I was the friend, um, my best friend in high school, literally did use me as the, like, but Laura's going. How bad could it be? I think I've told the story on Mike before. My best friend in high school was not allowed to shop at Hot Topic. Mm-hmm. So she'd go to the mall with me and we'd switch bags. Yeah. Because my mom was like, what'd you buy at Hot Topic? And I'm like, oh, I didn't buy anything. I just, uh, I went to Claire's and switched bags with Shelly. And my mom would go, what Shelly, what did Shelly want? And I was like, oh, just like a Nightmare for Christmas sweatshirt. Oh, 
All right. Well, that's whatever. So I always think that's funny. Uh, Nick has written a song for uh, Lindsay, and that is the C-plot of this. Yeah. And he starts playing it for Ken, and Seth Rogen does almost Cardellini levels of facial acting here. (laughs) Yes, which is interesting to see uh, Ken show any type of emotion, because as we know... Like, feeling emotions is not something that he does because he recently got a girlfriend. Wait a minute. Where is she? Yo, where's Amy? I love Amy. <laughs> what happened to Tuba Girl? Tuba Girl. So, Millie is then meeting up with them at the little weird cul-de-sac tailgate they're doing. Because, you know, so everybody, weird. everybody tailgates before a concert before leaving for the concert. Yeah, in their own driveway. <laughs> Not in the parking lot of the concert. Millie's in ripped jeans. Her mom is mad and doesn't want her to go to the concert. And Millie kind of claps back by saying, like, I would lo- I've would. i been good all my life. What's the point if I don't ever get anything for it? Yeah. All my life, I've been good. But now... now I'm thinking, what the hell? What the hell? Yay. Uh... So Nick is going to play his song for Lindsay. And then Ken goes, I'm Roger Daltrey! And grabs the, uh, grabs the guitar and smashes and it. smashes it. <laughs> uh, Millie accepts the beer from Mark, the drug dealer from the previous episode. And she can't open it initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bloopers reveal that the actress really couldn't figure out how to open it. Wonderful. And Millie's about to take a drink, and Kim blurts out that she ran over Goliath. Yeah. What we are supposed to get, because this is what Lindsay Cardellini's doing with her eyes. She's looking at Millie. Linda Cardellini. What did I say? Lindsay. Lindsay Cardellini. <laughs> Lindsay Weir, Linda Cardellini, is doing with her eyes. So she's looking at Millie, who's about to drink uh, alcohol, and she's looking at Kim like, This is about to happen. What do we do? What do we do? And then they're so overcome with guilt. The fact that someone as good as Millie is going to fall to the likes of them. Yep. That she blurts out, I killed your dog and I'm sorry. Yes. And Millie's just like, what? And she runs away. (laughs) And she's upset. Lindsay follows her, but thanks Kim for telling the truth. And Lindsay and Millie don't go to the concert. Yeah. And Lindsay uh, goes through her stuff and shows Millie a picture of Goliath from a memorable day of their childhood. Yes. Now, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Because of the previous episode, I kept picturing in my brain the Basset Hound that holds all of these people prisoner in his dreams. When they said they hit a dog. I forgot that that wasn't Millie's dog. That was the house they were babysitting at. We see Goliath. And it is a Great Dane. Yep. In the picture, the Great Dane is sitting next to who is supposed to be six-year-old Millie and Lindsay. Yep. And the Great Dane is larger than them. As a Great Dane would be. It's the size of a deer. Great Danes are huge. They're huge. How did you not realize that's what you hit? Oh, exactly. 
How did you hit a Great Dane and then go, squirrel? It's weird because they do call the dog Goliath throughout. Yeah. But this is the first time we're seeing the dog, and it's almost like it's a reveal. Also, are we actually supposed to go, wait a minute, she didn't kill the dog? Because that was my reaction was, oh, she actually didn't hit the dog. You would know if you hit a Great Dane. The other thing is, a 16-year-old Great Dane is unheard of. Yes! (laughs) Uh, To be entirely honest, uh, the oldest Great Danes are... uh, they're not very old, sadly. I mean, the bigger the dog, the shorter the life expectancy is. Because they get hip dysplasia. And the, uh... They, they really don't live very long, unfortunately. And there are unverified claims of Great Danes living between 14 and 17 years. Uh, but they, it's rare. Very rare. Uh, they tend to be under 10 years. Yeah. Because they're, they're big animals. I find it impossible that she would hit this dog and not realize it. So impossible that I find it hard to believe that Judd Apatow will say, she hits this Great Dane, she thinks it's a squirrel. And honestly believe that that makes sense. I am at the point where I believe... That Kim did not kill this dog. It'd be like hitting a deer. You would have damage on your car. Uh, Maggie May, the Great Dane, has bested the life expectancy by living nearly 16 years. She's... (laughs) So... Millie's got a world record dog. That Kim Kelly apparently... But, like, it would be... Great Danes tend to be about 200 pounds. Like, it would be like hitting a full-grown man. Yes! Weight-wise. Like, I don't know about you, but I've noticed hitting a pretty big stick. Yeah! Like, there's a branch in the middle of the road. It's not really going to mess up your car. You roll over it, and you're like, oh, man, I felt that. Right. I I just... If this is just a goof, it's a big goof. Because it's very... We've never seen the dog before. You could have easily made it a Pomeranian. And none of this problem would have existed. I honestly think Kim Kelly is innocent. My client would have known if she hit Goliath. She believes she hit a squirrel because what she hit was actually small. Also, I'm just going to be honest. I think if you hit that dog, I I think your car would take damage. Exactly. <laughs> Granted, I don't know if we would see damage on... Kim Kelly's car? Like, it's hard to look at Kim Kelly's car and go, hey, that's new damage based on what her car looks like. But, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I believe that my client did not hit Goliath because she would be aware of hitting such a large animal. I now put the case in your hands. The the defense rests. All right. So we're going to go for the geeks now. I, I agree with you. Like, there's... It's a giant ass plot hole. So, we want to talk about the geeks, because it's about equal this episode. More equal than usual. Yeah. So, we see Bill. Bill's mom is working late. Uh, So, he's making himself a sad grilled cheese and a tasty cake for dinner. 
And we see him getting, like, his emotional needs met from the television. Yeah. It's not because Gloria is neglectful. It's because Gloria has to work to support them. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to point that out. Because the scene almost sets up that he's, like, being neglected. But then Gloria comes home from work. And she's not making a lot of money at her serving job. And Bill drops, are you going to have to go back to dancing? Yeah. Which is a good heartbreaking line. And... But he's so mature about it. Mm -hmm. And Gloria says, no, but I'm bringing a friend over. And we find out that she has been seeing Mr. Fredericks. Yes, the gym teacher. Biff from Back to the Future. I would like to point out... That we should have seen him last episode when her son was in the hospital? Yes! (laughs) Like, honestly... This would be a much better way to introduce this plot line. Yeah. Is if the boys were just kind of like sitting outside the room and then all of a sudden the gym teacher showed up and hugged Bill's mom and they were like, Ew, what? why is Mr. Fredericks here? Is he going to make Bill do push-ups? Like, is he that upset he missed Jim? I, and Mr. Fredericks going like, oh, the school wanted someone to come by and check on it. Yeah, like... Like, really setting up this kind of discovery would have been fun. I'd also like to point out that this is the third woman we've seen Mr. Fredericks with. Yeah. Mr. Fredericks is hitting on another teacher when Sam runs in naked. See previous episodes of Stay Doom Podcast for that episode. Also, when Bill calls uh, Mr. Fredericks and does the prank call... He has a woman over. Yeah. Who is not Bill's mom. So, you know what? I'm on Bill's side. I don't think Mr. Fredericks actually cares for Bill's mom. Because where the hell has he been and who are these women? So, uh, I do have a note. Why we should have seen Fredericks in the last episode. So, we see the dinner. And Fredericks is trying to relate to Bill. But he doesn't like Bill Murray. He and hates Bill loves Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. And he loved the movie Stripes. Which I will say, there's a Bill Murray reference every, like, two episodes. Yeah. So, like, they've really built in these geeks' love of Bill Murray. So, like, this is a good payoff. Uh, we find out Fredericks' real first name is Ben. Yes. And we see this moment during the dinner where he realizes he is out of power here. Mm-hmm. He has no power. He has to kind of cede power to Bill. Yeah. And Bill is kind of the one in charge of this moment. Mm -hmm. And you kind of see that, like, moment of fear in Fredericks of, like, oh, no. I don't have any power here. Yeah. So, well, Bill then starts acting out in class. Yes. Which is this great moment where he starts telling off Mr. Fredericks. And Alan keeps piping up, like, oh, my God. I can't believe Bill just said that. And Mr. Fredericks will yell at Alan because he can't yell at Bill anymore. Yeah. It, it like it shows a great power dynamic, and it also kind of builds off of the previous episode, the new relationship between Bill and Alan. Yeah, where Alan does have this like subtle respect for Bill. Yes, because uh, we we kind of glazed over it, but they're playing basketball this week in gym, and we constantly see Alan passing to Bill. Oh, and I was good like, cat. yeah, because he keeps yelling yelling Bill's last name, Havichuk, like Havichuk, go. And it's Alan supporting Bill because they ha- he actually has grown as a character based off of nearly murdering Bill. Good eye. 
Thank you. Um, so, Frederick is absolutely just trying to kiss Bill's ass. Uh, when Bill stomps off, he goes, what are you going to do? Call my mom? Mm-hmm. And the rest of the class is impressed. Alan's like, Haverchuk's a god. Yeah. Because we know what he means by what are you going to do? Call my mom. They don't. Right. So then we get to the next morning. Fredericks wakes up at Bill's house and then drinks out of Bill's mug. Yeah. This uh, is very like he may as well just piss on Bill's he's just like table. Yeah. Like I tried being nice to you, but now you've acted up in my class, so I banged your mom, Bill. <laughs> like I'm going to marry your dad, Ryan. Yeah, it's um, it's <laughs> It's petty, but it's funny. So, Gloria convinces Fredericks to offer to take Bill and his Bill to Go Kart City to bond yeah. because Mr. Fredericks loves Go Kart City. And then uh, Fredericks invites Bill in front of Neil and Sam, and Neil jumps in and accepts the invite on all of their behalf, which is such a great move. Like, yeah, we'll all go. And you see <laughs> Mr. Frederick's like, oh, damn it. This just doubled in price. So Frederick's, like, before he gets there, has gone to the joke shop and buys them, like, prank vomit and stuff. Yeah. And this works on Sam and Neil. They're like, Mr. Frederick's is the best. Yeah, because he's not banging our moms. Yeah, that's exactly it, though. Like, they have a go-kart race. <laughs> Neil and Sam are having a great time. Yeah. They're having a good day, and, like, Fredericks is winning them over. Yeah. But Bill is angry. They race. Bill crashes. Well, well, the race is for, like, ice cream or something. Yeah, it's, like, low stakes. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Fredericks cuts Bill off or something. Yeah. That causes Bill to spin out and crash into the wall and gets buried in tires. Yes. Uh, and Bill is furious because he's like, why does Fredericks always have to win? Mm-hmm. And so Bill goes and sits in the back of the car, and Fredericks squeezes into the car, and we find out that Fredericks and Gloria are fairly serious. Fredericks admits to loving Gloria. Mm-hmm. But I know what you think of me. I think I'm a stupid jock gym teacher, right? Bing, you're probably right. But I don't know what to do. I mean, you know what I am? I'm a guy who loves your mother very much. She's a special woman. I love her. You know, she's had a hard time the past few years. What do you know about us? Only what she tells me. But I think she deserves to be happy. And, you know, I can make her happy. I've never cared about anybody as much as I care about your mom. I might not be as bad a guy as you think I am. And Bill breaks down crying. Martin Starr does an amazing job with this. Uh, an incredible job, yeah. And Lindsay, Lindy, Linda Cardellini levels of acting. And there's just a great moment when uh, Fredericks gets out of the car, where like the car just bounces up. Yeah. It's so heavy. <laughs> and so the next time we see them, uh, Bill and Fredericks are watching Dallas. Well, Bill's dra- or Bill walks up because uh, 
Mr. Fredericks is alone on his couch. Like, I don't know where Bill's mom is. And he's watching sports like he lives there now. Yeah. And then he's like, and then Bill walks over and stares at him. And Mr. Fredericks is like, oh, I'm sorry, Bill. Did you want to watch something? And he, he hands the, the remote over and Bill's like, tonight Dallas is on. Yes. Because Bill loves Dallas. So it's a great little moment. And uh, Bill explains Dallas to Fredericks while they're watching it and goes like, I'll tell you on the commercial break. And they kind of hit this uneasy bond. Yeah. Uh, in season two, uh, Gloria and Mr. Fredericks would have in fact married. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was actually part of the plan for season two. And Bill was going to get more into sports. I mean, this is the only time that Mr. Fredericks is coming at Bill from Bill's level. Yeah. Because, like, go-karts, like, kids love go-karts, but it's still sports, and that's still not Bill's thing. Yeah. Like, so this kind of, like, how about I invite you along on my thing, which is Dallas, is a very nice moment here. And it's very well done. Because they agree that they want Gloria to be happy more than they hate each other. And, you know, it's nice that, like, they tackle this idea of, like, the the non-nuclear like family of the idea of, like, divorce and, and things like that. Like, they haven't touched on this at all. Oh, wait a minute! We've not talked about Neil's dad yet! Nope. <laughs> it's been two episodes! Episode 15 starts... I kid you not. Previously on Freaks and Geeks. I was stunned. Uh, I want to point out this episode did not air. So not really. This episode did not air until the Fox family. So very previously. Yeah. Six months ago on Freaks and Geeks. (laughs) And we see a recap of Neil finding out that his father is cheating on his mother. I could have totally believed that they showed this and then never addressed it again, just to screw with me personally. (laughs) 22 years in the future. (laughs) Uh, The cold open is Bill dancing, and my first notice, this episode ran short, didn't it? Yeah, it's very strange, and uh, he gets upset because they cut him off mid-funk. Yeah, it's very strange. And Bill basically believes that dancing's what's going to get him women. And Neil, he's got a better idea. Something that will not just get him women, but respect. Yep. And he pulls out... A suitcase that we're like, well, it's not drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. A ventriloquist dummy. Figure. Guys... I've never heard it called a figure in my life. Yeah, first off, he keeps calling it a a, a figure, which no one's ever called it a ventriloquist figure. I irrationally hate ventriloquists. I don't know what it is, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, I hate everything about you and what you're doing. I I think it's because I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And thus, I feel like ventriloquism is like, I don't know, the Jets and the Sharks. Okay. But I, as soon as it came out, I was like, I hate this. And this is going to be the whole episode. Uh, so we'll stick with the geeks since we've already started. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that uh, Neil, starting to fail 
in school. He got he's a, starting to do poorly in school. He's starting to act out. He got a D on his history test. And I was like, good, he's a ventriloquist. The, the figure, Morty, sits at the dinner room, dining room table with them while they eat dinner. It's weird and I don't like it. And they talk about, like, Morty distracting him. Yes. And so I kind of have this, how long has it been since we got Morty? Yeah. Um, we also are discussing Neil's parents are giving a party this weekend. Yes. And Neil's mom is fretting about having enough food. Mm-hmm. And uh, Neil's dad goes like, we've been having this party for 10 years. Never uh, run out of food. So it seems pretty transparent that this is a weird conceit to have to force a party, right? Yeah. Would you believe this was supposed to be a bar mitzvah? No. Uh, in the original script, they wanted it to be a bar mitzvah, but they would have had to spend a lot more money. Wouldn't that also make him 13? Isn't that young? No, I guess he could be 13. Uh, I could also totally see them hand-waving some reason he hadn't had it the year prior. I guess. <laughs> um, like, just making up a reason. They but, couldn't. like, that would mean he was 12 the whole show up until now. Like, I don't like that idea. Or, like, oh, it got pushed back because, you know, some reason. Hmm. But, okay, so I'm guessing it was supposed to be a bar mitzvah orig- originally. Yes. Uh, but they, because of the budget situation, it went down to being a house party. Because they already had the set for right. Neil's parents' house. They didn't have to pay that many extra people. Gotcha. Because uh, there's a handful of dinner guests we've never seen before. Yeah. But you're talking about the difference between hiring six or seven extras and having to come up with a reason the freaks needed to be there to fill space. Right. So... They're talking about this party, and Jean is trying to bully Harold into going to the party at Sam's house. Mm-hmm. And Harold doesn't want to go. It's and, the same party every year. And Lindsay gets out of going. Yeah. I, I'm just mentioning that because it's more relevant to the geek storyline than the freak. Yeah, Lindsay's going to be in the geek storyline. Yes. <laughs> like, the, the freak storyline's going to take us a moment. It's going to be a real letdown to the end of this episode. But Lindsay is in the geek storyline the entire time. Yeah, so we're going to actually keep her in with the geeks this time around. Yeah. Um, So Neil is telling his friends the next day at school that he's going to tell his brother, who's a sophomore in college. Yes, Barry, who I believe this is the first time we've heard of Barry. No, I believe we have heard of Barry once or twice before. Really? Okay, because I didn't. I was just like, he has a brother? But Barry, we've only been in one school year, so Barry has been away this entire time. Right. And we didn't have anything that passed for like a holiday episode, so they've never had to have a reason for Barry to To bring him home. home, yeah. But it also makes more sense when you think about Barry coming home for, say, his brother's bar mitzvah, mm-hmm. than... A random party his parents are throwing. I have the weirdest feeling of deja vu. Okay. Did we have another show that was supposed to have a bar mitzvah episode? Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. All right. So uh, it just makes more sense in that way. 
So Neil uh, allegedly did not turn in a report. Right. And the teacher asks him where the report is. And he's like, I did it. And then claims that he didn't write it out because the rainforests are dying and he didn't want to hurt a tree. Yeah. I pulled this exact crap and got away with it. Did you? Um, we had a project called the Song of Myself Project. Oh, boy. And I just didn't. Just didn't. And then when we got there, the day it was due, I was like, oh, Poopy, this is a presentation I just straight up didn't do. Right. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm thinking. I'm like thinking, how am I going to weasel out of this one? I land on announcing to the class that because your world can change in a split second, there was no way to adequately prepare to tell someone who I was until the moment it happened. And then I just gave the report off the cuff in front of the class. Nice. I got an A with the comment, prepare better next time. Solid. Which means I, I kind of looked at it like, did you think I was like going to learn? I got an A. Yeah. I didn't mouth off, which is what Neil does. And Neil acts out and gets sent down to the office. Yeah. And... Uh, He promises Mr. Rosso he'll apologize and, like, doesn't really want to get in trouble. He regrets acting out, genuinely. And... This is the big question I've been waiting to ask. Okay. Okay. So get ready for this. Uh, Mr. Rosso kind of takes Neil aside and he's like, you know, sometimes you want to talk and you can't. And then he coughs a little bit. He's like, oh, sorry, I got a little bit of a bug. And, like... He's trying to, to connect with Neil mm-hmm. while also dealing with some sort of flu. Yeah. It never comes up again. Why is Mr. Rosso sick? Uh, my theory is that the actor was sick, and but they only needed him for one scene this week, so they just kind of kept him in. I, I mean, it's just... It was such a weird thing to include and then have no payoff. Uh, a Reddit theory is that Mr. Rosso is an early, um, has gotten, has contracted HIV. Oh, really? That was a Reddit theory I saw about this episode. Interesting. Uh, the common theory is that the actor was ill that day. Okay. Uh, and rather than have to push back filming on a show that already had a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was wondering is, if that was the case, why didn't they just have that scene be with, like, the D-bag math teacher? Yeah, for real. Who we actually already see this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil tells Rosso the whole truth. Y- yeah. And Rosso is clearly, like, not prepared for a student to actually confide in him. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, which I think is kind of funny. So... We also uh, get this random guy who we've seen annoy Lindsay and get Lindsay at detention earlier in this episode in a scene that's not terribly important. Right. Uh, it's, it's Reggie Ray, the, the, the big guy from uh, uh, Not Another Teen Movie that I'm excited to see every time he's in this show. But uh, he bullies Neil and Morty, the ventriloquist figure. And the math teacher I was just mentioning goes, why don't you pick on your someone your own size? There's a bus in the parking lot. Hey, hey, those idle men knock it off. Why don't you go pick on someone your own size? 
is a bus in the parking lot. The idea that a teacher would brutally insult an obese student like this is baffling. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. <laughs> how they are treating... Um, how, how the teachers treat students throughout this is mind-boggling in 2022. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we get this moment where uh, Neil then uses the ventriloquist figure. Thanks a lot, Mr. Kachowski. Some people just don't appreciate art. Yeah, you're a hero. What are you, a, what are you, a glutton for punishment, Schwaber? Yeah. Like, after defending him from the bully, he's like, by the way, if you keep using that, you're going to be bullied yeah, This tomorrow. is what's gonna happen. But this is, like, I'm not sure if this is when it, we first kind of get this. This is supposed to be Neil taking control. Yes. Because he can't count on his family anymore, so he might have to become a traveling ventriloquist. And in his words, make the big bucks. Like the guy from Soap? Yes. Uh, like, I... It's very interesting, the idea is, like, I'm writing a geek acting out, and the way a geek acts out is he becomes a ventriloquist? Yes. <laughs> and angers podcaster Noah Houlihan, who hates ventriloquism for some reason. And you, you certainly do. Yeah, I don't know why it makes me so angry, but it makes me really angry. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely such a kid thing, too, to think that that's going to be what's going to make you money. Yes. I, I will say I remember seeing a ventriloquist on What Would You Do on Nickelodeon and then immediately started doing ventriloquist stuff. <laughs> I uh, I remember I stole my neighbor's nutcracker. And I was like, this is Jerry. Hi. And... Uh, Probably then something happened that I'm blocking out that made me hate ventriloquists, but we won't dig at that uh, at that wound. <sighs> Barry shows up at school. Yes, Barry is Neil's older brother, who we've heard of, and he shows up, hits on Lindsay, and sasses Mr. Kowchesky, who tells him to go to class, and he goes, nah, because he is going to be doing whatever he wants because he graduated two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, fat ass, why don't you shove it? <laughs> All right, come on. Let's go to the principal's office. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I'm. Not, I'm, I'm. I graduated two years ago. Then get, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and he goes. I graduated two years ago. And Kaczewski just goes. I hate when they come back. Uh, there's one small thing that happens here. We got to talk about. Yeah. Is Lindsay mentions that she has detention. Yes, because. Uh, Reggie Ray. Yes. Uh, has carrying a girl on his back who's yes. screaming and kicking and wants to be let down. Yeah, who is not Millie. It's just some woman. No, that... and we get this moment of Lindsay that we haven't seen since the pilot of her going and defending somebody. Yeah. And he keeps calling her a burnout, calls her a burnout. Yeah. And, and she, she kicks him. And punches him in the chest. <laughs> well, first she kicks him in the leg to yeah. get him to drop the girl. And then the teacher comes out and gives them both detention. Mm-hmm. And never asks the girl what happened. 
Yeah. Mercifully doesn't also punish the girl, which I was half expecting. Well, the teacher says something like, it looks like she can handle herself. And it's like, based on what? The man is a mountain. <laughs> and we, we kind of missed over the scene because it's more of a, a freak scene, but it is a Lindsay scene. Lindsay's more involved in this story. Lindsay ends up at detention and does her homework. Yes. And the teacher's like, you can't do your homework in here. And she's like, what? It's like, this is where you're supposed to think about what you did. It's like, well, I'm going to do my homework because sitting here and doing nothing stupid. It's like, well, now you're coming tomorrow. She's like, that's... He breakfast clubs are. Yeah. Well, that's really stupid. Well, now you're coming Friday. So she ends up with three detentions and she informs Sam. Hey, Sam. I got detention, so if mom asks, don't tell her where I am. Detention? Not my Lindsay. Right, to remind us. Because she he has a thing for Lindsay, which yes. has not come up in a while. But suddenly the show has continuity. <laughs> yeah. You're right, I had forgotten. So, uh, Neil, so Barry hits on Lindsay, sasses Kowchowski, just kind of has this establishing moment of, like, he's cool. Yeah. And we see him that night at dinner talking to Dr. Schweiber, who wants him to join a frat. And Barry has a story about what they what the hazing yeah. is. And he's like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather not. And he discusses majoring in Undeclared, which is like Judd Apatow's next show. So Yeah. Or pre-law. And Dr. Schweiber and his wife are super happy to hear pre-law. And they go, really? And he goes, no, but look how excited they are when I say it. <laughs> so he he's fun. And then Neil talk, confides in Barry about what he's seen. And Barry already knew. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I caught Dad at a movie theater with some redhead. I don't know if Dad knows, but I did get a car for my birthday. <laughs> And Neil had gotten the Atari. Yeah, that's true. So that so like, that seems to be Dr. Schreiber's M.O. is when he thinks one of the kids might know, he buys them off. Hmm. So we get to the night of the party. Lindsay has mysteriously decided to go last minute. That has nothing to do with Barry attending at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lies and she's like, I should be part of this family. And... Harold immediately walks in, gives Gene the keys, and announces, like, I'm not sitting through the same doctor jokes without a little liquid anesthetic. Yeah. So he's off to get smashed. Uh, Barry sees Lindsay, and they smile. They have a really awkward little flirty conversation. And he a- he makes a comment about, uh, if one more person asks me what my major is, I'm going to snap. Yeah. And there's a moment where somebody taps him on the shoulder and asks who his major is, and we just cut away to the other storyline. Yeah. So Barry asks Lindsay to go for a walk. They bond over not liking weed. Look, more continuity. Yeah. And using the Yiddish term fakakta. Yes. Which I'm probably screwing up. I, I think that was pretty good. And he also says, like, college, you can reinvent yourself and you can be whoever you want to be. Instead of saying, I got beat up every day, I'm a handsome, dashing Jew. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I believe that. And they have another moment and then he kisses her. Yes. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the party, Neil's dad wants Neil to do... Ooh, we're not there yet. I'm sorry. Um, Neil is annoyed at Schweiber because he 
proposes a toast to his wife in front of everyone. Yes. And (laughs) Sam Levine, who plays Neil, makes a very interesting acting choice where he wiggles his ears in anger. I had never seen this before. But like, like a horse... Yeah. They, they cut to Sam Levine and his ears just kind of shoot back. I was like, how did he do that? And he decides to go take a walk. He goes outside and sees Lindsay, on whom he has a crush, because this is the episode where they remembered continuity, mm-hmm. kissing his brother. Yeah, so now he's just completely surrounded by betrayal. Everyone's betrayal. <laughs> It's just all around. Everybody betray me. Everybody betray me. Everybody betray me. I fed up with this world. DiCaprio. 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 Oh, I went the room. I went with whatever that reference is in that. uh, It's a Brennan Lee Mulligan. Brennan Lee Mulligan sketch. I believe it's the one where he's the Skype CEO. Woohoo, I'm Zoom. You Leonardo DiCaprio'd us. That's what you did. You're a bunch of DiCaprios. DiCaprio. 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 Neil Schweiber, Dr. Schweiber, when Neil returns, wants him to do his ventriloquism act. And he forces Neil, who doesn't want to do it. I cringe in on myself. Yeah. And Neil does a one-man roast of everyone at the party. Yeah, but with two man, because he has this figure with him. God, I hate ventriloquists. One person, however, is having an amazing time. <laughs> Harold Weir having a good day. Oh, just laughing as Neil lights up his father. Uh, we don't really see... Um, we don't see Lindsay during this scene very much, which is a shame. Because mm-hmm. we could use some Linda Cardellini acting. But, like, it starts... Yeah, it would be great to have Lindsay's eyes here. Yes. Uh, but it's it's some, like, normal jokes. Like, what's the difference between a proctologist and a dentist? A proctologist is a doctor of the ass, and a dentist is an ass who's a doctor. Yes. Which, like, that's kind of a a typical joke. But then he says something like, I ain't letting him touch me. He's not going to put me under. Oh, next thing I know, I'll wake up and my wisdom teeth will be gone along with my virginity. Okay. Yes. It's like, well, now you just said your dad's a rapist. Yes, it... Whoa! It, for some reason, escalated very weirdly quickly. Yeah, very, very quickly. Dr. Schreiber ends it, and the, he he stops it, and Neil goes to his room, and his mom comes in and asks what's wrong, and Neil, sa- Neil confesses everything. Yeah, he doesn't want to, because he thinks he's going to break up his parents. He says, I don't want to ruin your life. Yeah. And... He confides in her, and she already knew. She already knew. It was something like, me and your dad care about you very much, and we have the rest of our lives to try to fix our marriage. So they're very much staying together for the kids. Uh, Mostly for Neil at this point. Mm -hmm. You get the impression that their marriage probably only has another three, four years. Yeah. Before... She leaves him when Neil goes to college. Right. So, after that, Lindsay is DDing. Yeah, because which is insanity. Jean has also drank. Yeah. Harold is, she's like, you guys are hammered. And Jean goes, no, no, no. Your father's hammered. I'm tipsy. I'm tipsy. You're driving. <laughs> which, 
is great to think about the last time we saw Lindsay drive. She crashed the car. Yeah. This is the second, like, this is the only the second time we've ever seen her drive. And it's driving her drunk parents. And Jean says, like, but take your time. Because she sees Lindsay talking to Barry mm. and is cool with it. Barry invites her to visit him at school. And she leaves with her family genuinely happy. Yeah. Uh, over the song, You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You. We see the Schweibers picking up from the party in silence. Neil shoves Morty in the corner and then laughs at the memory of what he's done. In yeah. what feels like a weirdly convincing Joker origin story. Yeah, like, what I was expecting was him to put the dummy away. Like, at this point, he was like, okay, ev- like, I'm no longer, like... I was kind of seeing the dummy as his albatross. Yeah. Like, I'm carrying this secret with me. I'm also carrying this dummy with me who's saying all the things I can't say but want to say. Yeah. Now that it's out, I can put it away. Like, that would have been the correct symbolism. But instead, he just stares at it and laughs like a psychopath. Yeah. So, yep. So the next episode might end with Neil killing everyone. So let's double back to the freak storyline. Uh, we have a little less here. Yeah, there's not much for this one. Uh, the male freaks are in the convenience store and they see Jenna Zank. Yes. Who is a cool punk girl working the register who dropped out. Yes. And I was finally like, thank God we are finally going to address this. Why hasn't Daniel dropped out of high school? He got left back twice and he hates going. What's the deal? And Daniel is into her. Nick and Ken, not so much. So we get to the next day and I have a note. Hey, Kim's in this show. And we see a shot of her at school and then it shoots back to Daniel Having an argument with his mother. So we're now yes. seeing Daniel's family for the first time. Yes, he's leaving a trailer and his mom is yelling at him to get some sort of medication. To pick up meds from the pharmacy for uh, his father, who we don't really know what's wrong with him. In the DVD commentary, they mentioned that somebody had been robbed and was messed up afterwards. And that's kind of what they're what plot they were thinking of with Daniel's father, but it's not explicitly said in this episode. So basically... The same thing as Kim's brother. Yeah, Kim's brother. Okay. Like a similar, like, traumatic injury. And Daniel wants to, like, go back to school. She's like, you're late all the time anyway. He goes, I can't afford another tardy. hmm And she kind of gives him crap and he goes, what am I going to do, mom? Drop out and make and bring home two fifty an hour? And she says, I wouldn't say no to that. Yes. And I, th- we have very different reactions to this because you're, you're like, oh my God, she doesn't support his academics. And my thought, oh, I, I, I had two frames of mind about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. First, my knee jerk reaction was like, yikes. Uh, and then I thought about it for a second and went, She's probably been taking care of this man around the clock. Right. For however long, and she is stretched to the end of what she's got. It seemed to me like 
Daniel uses high school as a reason to be irresponsible. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing stopping Daniel from cutting school to do things he wants. Yeah. But when it's to help the family, all of a sudden he's like, I got to go to class. And at this point, she even mentions it, you're 18 years old and you're a junior. Because he's been left back twice at this point. The idea that she may have at this point, which would be understandable, is Daniel's never going to graduate. Yeah. And if that's an inevitability, any time spent going to school and failing and not getting a job and something that could help sustain the family is wasted time. Okay. And, like... Because I think back to, like, Nick's dad. He's right. like, if you don't do well at school, you're joining the military. Those are your choices. It's kind of a less harsh version of that. Like, you're not doing well at school, so you should be getting a job. Right. Because if you're not doing your job of being a student, you need to contribute in some other way. Uh, I found this all very interesting. Um, but it just makes me like Daniel less. Like, unlike the Kim Kelly story where you're like, okay, I see her damage now. I actually found a little more compassion for Daniel. Really? Uh, I've been in a a scenario where I, a lot was asked of me. Right. And so there was a piece of me that Daniel's argument is that he wants to be able to be a kid. Right. And I kind of understand where he's coming from. I do, but like... He's also the type that if you put pressure on him, he just leaves. Like, there's no overcoming and trying. It's a lot of running away, which I know it's like fight or flight and all that other stuff. But, like, this is a television show. And a hero is someone that faces obstacles and overcomes them. He's not overcome anything. And all of his obstacles have been trivial until this point. So when he actually has the chance to do something good, he kind of does begrudgingly. I found it annoying. He goes to school to find Kim. Yes, and it turns out Kim left her bag in Daniel's car. And when Daniel didn't turn up to school, she lost her notes for an open notes test and failed. Yes. This is very interesting. And she screams and calls him unreliable. And he says that she is reliably a bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they break up. He's like, yeah, why don't you enjoy being alone? They never actually said say anything along the lines of, we're finished. Well, she says, like, why don't you enjoy the rest of your life being alone? She d- breaks off with him. Right. I think if I was Daniel, I'd be like, oh, she's insulting me again. I yeah. wouldn't take that as, oh, this relationship is over. But they both interpret it that way. Well, and she later tells Lindsay she dumped Daniel. Yes. I find this so interesting. Daniel and Kim break up here. Kim then goes to Lindsay, showing that, like, this relationship and this friendship is, like, very strong now. Yes. And Kim is like, I broke up with Daniel. And Lindsay says, good for you. This is better. Which is then makes me think, wait, does no one actually like him? Yeah. Are we all happy that he's gone now? 
And what makes Kim break up with him is she failed a test because she didn't have the notes that she wrote to prepare for a test. Yeah. So we are seeing it. We are seeing Lindsay help Kim become a better student. Yeah. I think it's, ha- it's all happening. I'm getting all the plot points I want. <laughs> yeah. And like by this point, we've also seen that like Kim Kelly is genuinely has been becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Kim like be terrible to anybody in a while. Yeah. This just this all made me very happy. I was just like things are paying off. I'm happy. So, uh, Daniel goes back to the convenience store and talks to Jenna about and asks her about dropping out. Mm-hmm. He tries to sound all mature and cool, uh, and he's trying to pass himself off as a punker. Yes. And she goes, well, you know what punkers don't do? Call themselves punkers. Yeah. But she gives him the address of where she'll be on Saturday night. Yes. A club called The, the Armpit. Armpit. <laughs> so... He brings Ken and Nick. Uh, he does... We get a montage of him. Uh, less time than we get with the Parisian night suit. Of Daniel trying to distress all of his clothes to look like a cool punk. Yeah, so he's hitting it with a hubcap that's in his room. And he looks really good momentarily. Yeah. And then he does the thing where he spikes his hair with egg whites. Yes, which I didn't know was a thing. So I found this very gross that you rub salmonella all over your head. Yeah, um, I don't think he did it properly, but, like, it is a thing of spiking your hair with specifically egg white. Okay. Because he does not separate the yolks. No. That's why I said he doesn't do it properly. <laughs> I know. I'm just afraid that someone will listen to this podcast and take the advice that we've given them. And I want you to know, I don't approve. Separate the yolks. Yeah, you also need to whip the egg white. Okay. Yes. Good to know. So, that's the thing you need to know. So, he pulls up and Ken and Nick, specifically Ken, laugh hysterically at him. They make fun oh, of him. I, I want to just talk about this one scene. Okay. Where Nick and, and Ken are like sitting outside waiting for Daniel to arrive. And Ken goes, Hey, Nick. Maybe uh, maybe you'll get lucky at the punk club tonight. And Nick goes, I don't know. I don't think this episode's about us. We've barely gotten any screen time. Pretty much. I, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, it's very much, hey, it, we're contractually obligated to be in each episode <laughs> because we're series regulars. Hmm. More than any other show we've ever watched, I have really gotten the, oh... We gotta include everybody. Here are all the people who need to be in every episode, whether they really uh, should be or not. Mm-hmm. So they go to the armpit. It is weird and awkward. We see the punk band, and Daniel sees Jenna and crosses the bar to get to her. And she's amused, and she sees right through him. Because she says something like, he goes, oh, puss rules. And she goes, it's puss. And they're on next. <laughs> Fantastic. So he gets the crap. He gets, like, cracked in the back of the head. Yes, yeah, someone who's body surfing accidentally kicks him. And he goes down like a sack of potatoes. Well, he's bloodied. He's, yeah. And then he runs to the bathroom 
to like ice his head. Yeah. So he's like he's getting wads of paper towels, putting cold water and holding it up against his head. And somebody walks in and goes, Can you believe all the posers here? He's like, I'm not a poser. He's like, I'm not saying you are, dude. But he clearly is a poser. Because it took one kick to knock him out of a mosh pit. Loser. I, and you almost get the feeling he's talking about like Ken and Nick. Yeah, there's probably a good chance they're talking about Ken and Nick in that moment. Have you ever been in a mosh pit? I gotta ask. Of course I haven't. Okay. I, I what have. What in our history makes you think I would have ever been in a mosh pit? Well, <laughs> it's weird because I have. Because I went to Ozfest, which is a place it doesn't seem like I should be. Uh, and I was seeing Six Inches of Blood. And uh, I was with a buddy of mine who was unsure about being there. And I was like, we got to get into the mosh pit. Like, what's the point of coming if we don't get into the mosh pit? And uh, as we walked in as they were, like, changing bands. Yeah. And my buddy Mike, he looked at me and he went, when do we start bleeding? And I said, with luck, immediately. This band, the band came on, Six Inches of Blood. On the first, like, guitar lick, everybody pushed forward, and the dude in front of me threw an elbow back, hit me in the nose, and just blood gushed out. And I looked at Mike, and I went, awesome! (laughs) It was cool. I saw Ozzy, I saw Static X, it was great. And Lordy was there. Lordy's great. Yeah, no, the only time I've been to a... uh... The only time I've been to a concert, it was a Rob Thomas concert, and it was full of intoxicated 40-year-old ladies. Oh, no mosh pits there. No, um, I was 22. It was fascinating. We'll, we'll go to a mosh... We'll do that for a bonus episode. We'll get into a mosh pit. We absolutely will not do that. <laughs> Vote for it on Patreon. I, I will not do that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so they're at the armpit... And we also get a scene of a girl doing club piercings. Like, she just puts a... She ices a guy's nose and just puts a safety pin through it. Yes. And Nick literally quotes Chucky Finster. (laughs) I don't think this is such a good idea. This is such a good idea. But Daniel wants to prove he's not a poser. So he's going to get a safety pin put through his nose. Yes. And as he's sitting down and as she's icing his nose... She's about to put it in, get to a little bit of the way in. Daniel sees, a, sees Jenna kissing another guy. Yeah, and suddenly he doesn't care anymore. Uh, meanwhile, Ken is having a great time. <laughs> yeah, we get shots of Ken just, well, first he's upset because no one will serve him beer. Yeah, which is fair. Because he, he doesn't look like a punk. No. But then he just gets into the music and <laughs> turns, gets into the mosh pit and enjoys himself. But because... Daniel sees uh, this girl kissing another guy. He kind of like wants to bail on the nose thing. And he just ends up with it stuck in there awkwardly. And everyone yells at him. (laughs) You messed it up for being a wimp. And Uh, the last thing we see from them, they leave. And over that last song, uh, You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You, we see Daniel leave, approach a door and knock. (laughs) It's Kim's door. She opens the door and pulls him in and holds him. And she's crying. And crying. Uh, I would have taken a shower before I went back to talk to my ex and try to win her back so I didn't look like an insane person. Yeah. 
But no, hair all spiked and like oddly white. <laughs> it's, he looks gross. Yeah. <laughs> he looks really gross. His nose is all messed up and bloody. It's a bad time. Uh, I, I also don't know, like we don't get dialogue here because it's like music's over it. Right. But it's been half a day. And Kim's like, I missed you so much. And you look weird. <laughs> I'm going to hug you and cry. It's like, um, okay. <laughs> okay. That's, a, that's a weird acting choice, but okay. And that's episode 15. Now, what I find really interesting is I've been keeping track of um, who writes what episodes. Okay. And this is a, this is, they're all Paul Feig. But, or Puffy, rather. But this is him and J. Elvis Weinstein. Okay. Who we have seen less in these episodes thus far. Uh, so I find that very, very interesting. The only other one we've seen him do is Beers and Weirs. Oh, really? Episode two? Yeah. The episode where Neil admits his crush on Lindsay. Ah, so interesting. I, I have been noticing that... Uh, any callbacks you get do tend to be... The same writer. Writers calling back to their own. Interesting. Ah, oh, there needs to be a Bible for this show that, like, explains the relationships between everybody. Oh, well. Uh, so that's going to do it for this uh, episode. Uh, I have a lot to say about Freaks and Geeks now that we're this far into it, but I think I want to save it for... The last. When, yeah, ending conclusions. Because I have a lot of conclusion-y stuff. And I do know, not to give too much away, that they the, the last episode of Freaks and Geeks was recorded and written in a way that it could be a finale. Yes. Which, so I think it's important that I know that information before I go on the rants I have scheduled. Yes. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, we do have a little bit of business we got to take care of really quickly. Uh, we're going to put up another poll. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, the current schedule for uh, us folks here at Stay Doomed is we will be doing the final Freaks and Geeks episode next week. Then we'll be doing a Patreon poll. And whatever wins that, we'll be doing that the week after. And then the week after that will be the season four post-mortem for Stay Doomed Season 4. I said Season 4 too many times. But and then we'll actually take our planned hiatus. Yeah, then we'll be taking a planned hiatus. Content will still be rolling out on a weekly basis. I just don't know what it will be at this time. So, let's talk about what you can vote for right now. What will happen is we'll put a poll on Twitter, and the top two will then move on to Patreon. First off, we have a game show for you. It's called Riddler's? It's five celebrities versus five people hosted by David Letterman. Yes. Uh, We also have Shivers. Why don't you talk a little bit about Shivers? Uh, Shivers is the family, a family moves into a haunted house. Ooh. And it is haunted by the ghost of a revolutionary war soldier and his girlfriend. Should be very interesting. Uh, We also have... Uh, the animate the pilot for the animated series Coneheads, based on the Saturday Night Live sketch. Yes, indeedy. And we also have the pilot for an attempted variety show called Chicago Stuff. Yes, we've wanted to do a variety show for a while. We keep not being able to find the Osbournes, right. so this is what we're doing. 
So vote on those choices right now on Twitter, and the top two will move on to Patreon. And if you want to have a voice in the Patreon, also listen to bonus episodes and talk to us in our Discord, you can join at the $5 level. That's patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you, for some reason, irrationally hate ventriloquists, I'm at Plus2Comedy on Twitter. If you also noticed that this show seems very dependent on the writer, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed. Welcome back, Laura.